0: welcome to the community here's your host jimmy apple welcome to another episode of an apple a day i'm your host jimmy apple (laughs) welcome to season two of an apple a day. That's right. We went through a whole year together, my friends. One whole year. 72 episodes of an apple a day we went through. That's right. 72 episodes. And to think, through all 72 episodes, I was only called a jerk, an asshole, a moron, or a, a kook. A kook, mind you. Five times. <laughs> <laughs> and one of those times don't count because it was by the same person. <laughs> hey, how are you, my friends? Are you feeling good? Are you feeling strong? You feeling better than you did yesterday? I hope so. I really hope so. Are you doing everything you're supposed to be doing? Are you going to your doctor's appointments? Are you taking your medication like you're supposed to? Are you still going to therapy? Are you still doing your your exercises? Good, good, I'm glad. So how's the holidays treating you so far? You having a good time? You enjoying yourself? You enjoying your family and your friends? You enjoying talking to people? You enjoying the TV shows? I, I love TV around the holidays. Even Halloween. I love Halloween movies and horror movies and stuff like that. I just enjoy it. I I, I might even enjoy that better than some of the, the Christmas shows. I, yeah, you watch some of these Christmas movies? My wife loves... These, uh, these flaky Christmas movies on, like, uh, the ladies' channels. You know, like, everybody falls in love. There's always a mistletoe around, and somebody's always kissing or getting married, and Santa Claus happens to come at the right time. And <laughs> It's great. It's great. it's It's all part of the season. It's fun. I don't think I could stomach watching more than one or two of them. You know, in a week. But my wife loves them. (laughs) They're on all week when she's home from work. and, And that's fine. That's fine. It's whatever you like. Hey, we got a good one for you today. But I just want to welcome new people to the to the podcast here. If this is your first time being at an Apple a day, welcome. Welcome. I'm glad you stopped by. I'm glad you, you joined us here. Have you stopped by our website, www.famousapple.com? Stop by there. That's the home site for this podcast. Stop by, check it out. Like I said, we have a good one today. I have a new message from Social Security I'd like to like to read to you. Let's do that right now. It says, Social Security giving thanks and spending quality time. In November, millions of families gathering together give thanks, share a meal, and spend time together. Sometimes it's hard to find time to get together, so you want to make every second with the ones you love count. Social Security understands that your time is valuable whether you're working, running your business, or taking time off to be with family and friends. We put a lot of time and effort into making My Social Security a resource you can depend on, an online tool that saves time and allows you to spend more of it on what you like to do. Even if you're currently receiving benefits or aren't quite ready to file, Social Security has services to bring you and your family holiday With the My Social Security account, those receiving benefits can change their address and direct deposit information, get proof of their benefits, and request replacement documents like a Medicare card. If you aren't currently getting benefits, you can still check your earnings records, get estimates of your future benefits, and view Social Security statements. In many states, you can even request a replacement Social Security card online. See everything you can do with my social security account and open one today. Remember though, you don't need my social security account to one, select or change the way you receive information from social security. If you are blind or visually impaired two, block electronic or automated telephone access to your personal information, or three, apply for extra help with your Medicare prescription drug plan costs. Whether you're waiting for the turkey to roast or just waiting for company to arrive, our online services are open 24 hours a day, allowing you to access them on your schedule. There's no need to stand in line or wait on the phone. So this holiday, don't just pass the gravy, pass on the wealth of information to the the ones you love. Sincerely, the Department of Social Security. Well, that's very nice of them. And that my social security account is a good thing. And if you get a chance, go in and uh, set one up. Doesn't cost you a dime, and it's a good way to get information. And like these these uh, notices that I read you every week, these come right, right through there. So you'll be ahead of the game. Now, this next report that I want to read you comes from medical news today. And this is a subject, this is a disease actually, that affects every person that becomes disabled. It also affects others who aren't disabled, especially this time of year. I'm talking about depression. But it affects the disabled. It affects them not just at the holiday time, sometimes the entire year through. So I just want to read this study that I found. And I want you to really listen because you're going to find that a lot of these things pertain to you, okay? It says, how does depression affect the body? What is depression? The effects of depression may extend beyond the person's emotions and mental health. Depression can also affect the person's physical health. In this article, learn about these physical effects of depression, including chronic pain, weight changes, and increased inflammation. What is depression? Depression is a complex mental health condition that causes a person to have low mood and may leave them feeling persistently sad or hopeless. Depressive symptoms can be a temporary experience in response to grief or trauma, but when the symptoms last longer than two weeks, it can be a sign of a serious depressive disorder. The same symptoms can also be a sign of another mental health Conditions such as bipolar, post-traumatic stress disorder, or PTSD. You hear a lot about that in the news, people coming home from the war with that. The Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Health Disorders, DSM-5, lists the following symptoms of depression. Depressed mood on most days, including feelings of sadness and emptiness, loss of pleasure in previously enjoyed activities, Too little or too much sleep most days. Unintended weight loss or gain or changes in appetite. Physical agitation or feelings of sluggishness. Low energy or fatigue. Feelings of worthlessness or guilty. Trouble concentrating or making decisions. Intrusive thoughts of death or suicide. The symptoms vary between individuals and may change over time. For a doctor to diagnose depression, a person must have at least five or more of these symptoms that must be present during the same two-week period. Physical Symptoms of Depression Research has documented that many ways that depression can affect the physical health include in the following. Weight Gain or Loss People with depression may experience appetite changes, which can cause unintended weight loss or gain. Medical experts have associated excessive weight gain with many issues, including diabetes and heart disease. Being underweight can harm the heart and affect fertility and cause fatigue. Chronic pain. People with depression may experience unexplained aches and pains, including joint or muscle pain, breast tenderness, and headaches. A person's depression symptoms can worsen because of chronic pain. HEART DISEASE Depression can reduce a person's motivation to make positive lifestyle choices. Their risk of heart disease increases when they eat a poor diet and have a sedentary lifestyle. Depression may also be an independent risk factor for heart health problems. According to research published in 2015, one in five people with heart failure or coronary artery disease has depression. Inflammation. Research indicates that chronic stress and depression depression are linked to inflammation and may change the immune system. Other research suggests that depression could be due to chronic inflammation. People with depression are more likely to have inflammatory conditions or autoimmune disorders such as irritable bowel syndrome IBS, type 2 diabetes, and arthritis. However, it is unclear whether depression causes inflammation or chronic inflammation makes someone more vulnerable To depression. More research is necessary to understand the link between the two. Sexual problems. People with depression may have a decreased libido, have trouble becoming aroused to no longer have orgasms, or have less pleasurable orgasms. Some people have also experienced relationship problems due to depression, which can have and impact on sexual activity. Worsening chronic health conditions. People who already have chronic health conditions may find their symptoms worse if they develop depression. Chronic illnesses may already feel isolating and stressful, and depression may exasperate these feelings. A person with depression may also struggle to follow the treatment plan for a chronic illness, which can allow the symptoms to get worse. People who experience depression and who have chronic illnesses should talk to, the, to a doctor about the strategies for addressing both conditions. Preserving mental health may improve physical health and make chronic conditions easier to manage. Trouble sleeping. People with depression may experience insomnia or trouble sleeping. This condition can leave them feeling exhausted, making it difficult to manage both physical and mental health. Research has correlated long term sleep deprivation with high blood pressure, diabetes, weight related issues, and some types of cancer. Gastrointestinal problems. People with depression often report stomach and digestion problems such as diarrhea, vomiting, nausea, constipation. Some people with depression also have chronic conditions including IBS or irritable bowel syndrome. According to research published in 2016, this may be because depression changes the brain's response to stress by suppressing activity in the hypothalamus, pituitary gland, adrenal glands. Outlook. Recognizing depression can cause physical health problems can help a person to seek treatment and make changes to help manage their symptoms. Depression is treatable. A doctor may recommend a combined approach using medication, therapy, and lifestyle changes. With the right support, a person can manage both physical and mental health effects of depression. Now, believe it or not, there's still people that believe that there's a stigma attached to getting health for depression because it's mental health. Well, let me tell you something. You wouldn't not get help for cancer. You wouldn't not get help for the flu or pneumonia. What makes you think that you can get by without getting help for depression? You just heard what it can do to you. You can. You just heard how it can it can affect the other problems that you're suffering from, and you would just pass that by. It's foolishness. First of all, people that are ignorant are the ones that still think that there's some kind of stigma attached to uh, mental health. I'm going to tell you something honestly. 18 years ago, in 2000, I was treated for depression. I had depression so bad that I considered suicide. And I was actually hospitalized for two weeks. That's right. I was hospitalized for two weeks on uh, on a mental health floor in the hospital, you know, where they lock the doors and they watch you 24 hours a day. But it helped. And at the, at first, when they first sent me here, I was mortified. I, I didn't want anyone to know that I went there. When people asked me what was wrong, I said I had to go to another state because of medical problems. I didn't let anybody know I was in that hospital. I was taking Prozac. And at the time. Time, Prozac was still pretty new But you know You heard people Making jokes about it On on TV Like put that person On Prozac Calm them down da 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 First of all, I don't find comedians very funny when they make fun of people with uh, disabilities or any kind of mental health or any kind of physical problems. I don't find that funny. I don't find it funny at all. I never did. I don't find it funny to make fun of people with problems. It was affecting me and I felt embarrassed by it. But you know what? I learned. I learned through going through therapy. There's nothing to be embarrassed about. And if you want to if you want to come up to me and say something about me being, you know, crackers or whatever, you want to call it, whatever you want to say that I'm crazy, just go ahead. I, I put it this way. I dare you to come up and tell me that. I dare you. All right. There is no reason to feel embarrassed about getting treatment for a problem that you have. No reason whatsoever. And if you let someone else's ignorant thinking stop you, you're just as bad. Don't let anyone else stop you for getting treatment for a problem that you have, something that can make your life better. Don't let someone else's ignorance stop you. All right, look, let's take a little bit of a break here, okay? On the other side, I have another study here that I do want to share with you, one more, and that's on social media. Yes, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, stuff like that. And it's pretty interesting. Uh I know since I've been disabled, I use I use those a lot more than I ever have. Um and I think I I think just about all of us use them. But this is a pretty interesting study, so we'll talk about it more on the other side. We'll be back in 30 seconds, a mere shake of a lamb's tail if you will. I'll see you on the other side. An apple a day is brought to you by www.famousapple.com. Famousapple.com is the home site for this podcast. There you're going to find articles about the topics we discuss. You're going to find our connections to our Facebook page. And you're even going to find connections to our private chat board. So take a minute. Go over. Visit www.famousapple.com. But please wait till the end of this podcast. Don't run out on me now let's get back to the discussion. Shut the front door. That wasn't too long. 30 seconds. Nothing. Mere bag of shells. Hey, I got a question. When you first got your computer, all right? now I'm talking about way back when you know when AOL was the only service available, did you ever go into those chat rooms that they had? See, my first foray into private computers was web TV. <laughs> And I used to go into those chat rooms. I used to love to go into those chat rooms. And uh, actually, my whole plan on going into those chat rooms was to get thrown out. (laughs) And uh, it was fun. It was fun. But, you know, there was days where I was sitting around. I was doing nothing. I was home. I had both legs at the time, but I couldn't walk. I had my feet up. They were elevated and there was nobody in the house. I had watched too much TV. I was past TV. So now I was able to go on the internet and I'm scanning on the internet and I'm looking on these chat rooms. I'm looking for people to talk to and, you know, none of that sexual stuff or anything like that. Just like different interests. Like I I'm into cars and motorcycles and stuff like that. So I went onto these chat boards for that. And, you know, I had these chat rooms and we're having these chats about motorcycles and where we've been on our motorcycles and what kind of bikes we have and stuff like that. And I always found that pretty interesting. But then it started morphing as, as more people got involved with it. It started changing. And, you know, they used to say like the most beautiful people in the world are on the internet. That was the place you could go to lie about anything. And it was true. All of a sudden things changed. Things changed drastically. You know, you had the honest guys that were on there at the time. Yeah, they had a motorcycle. It was a basket case. They put it together for three years. They rode it and it leaked oil and all this other. And then all of a sudden you started getting these young kids in there and they had full dress Harleys and they rode east coast to west coast and back and they did it in three days you know these these uh miraculous stories and you lose interest in it but there was a study done on social media that has something to do with that and I want I wanted to share it with you because it is pretty interesting and it keeps up with what we're talking about today so here goes this is also from mental news <laughs> this is also from Medical News Today. Right, it says, new evidence that social media increases loneliness. Now, I would have thought it was just the opposite, but... It says, although experts have debated the potential link between social media use and decreased well-being for years, a new study adds more fuel to the fire. According to the first author of the new study, which featured in the Journal of Social and Clinical Psychology, no scientific study has proven causal connection between the two until now. The University of Pennsylvania psychologist Melissa G. Hunt believes her team is responsible for the first experimental study of Facebook, Snapchat, and Instagram use. She agrees the previous studies were either limited in scope or used unrealistic situations, such as monitoring participants for only a brief period of in laboratory settings. We set out to do much more comprehensive, rigorous study that was also more ecologically valid, said Hunt. Why Facebook, Snapchat, and Instagram? Hunt's team focused on Facebook, Snapchat, and Instagram because they are the social media platforms that are most popular with undergraduates. The study included... 143 undergraduates at the University of Pennsylvania who each completed a survey to determine their baseline mood and well-being at the start of the study. They also supplied a week's worth of data from their smartphones to demonstrate their current social media habits. Hunt's team randomly assigned each participant into one of two groups. They instructed the undergraduates in the first groups to continue using social media as usual and asked those in the second group to limit their use of Facebook, Snapchat, and Instagram to just 10 minutes a day for each platform. Over three weeks, the participants made their smartphone data available to the research and completed surveys that examined a range of factors, including the participant's anxiety, depression, loneliness, and fear of missing out. The results showed that the, the group who reduced their social media use experienced significant decreases in depression and loneliness. These effects were particularly pronounced in for folks who were more depressed when they came into the study. The study only investigated three social media platforms, so it's not yet possible to determine whether the findings might also apply to other social media platforms. However, Hunt intends to investigate this in future studies, one of which will focus on college students' use of dating apps. Should you quit social media? Based on these findings, Hunt offers some advice for social media users who may be worried about the effect of these platforms could have on their well-being. When you're not busy getting sucked into clickbait social media, you're actually spending more time on things that are more likely to make you feel better about your life. In general, I would say put your phone down and be with the people in your life. It is a little ironic that reducing your use of social media actually makes you feel less lonely, she says. When you look at the other people's lives, particularly on Instagram, it's easy to conclude that everyone else's life is a little bit cooler or better than yours. However, although Hunt believes that there is a strong case for limiting screen time on these apps, she emphasizes that her team study does not conclude that young people should give up social media entirely. In February of this year, Jeffrey Hall, an associate professor of communication studies at the University of Kansas in Lawrence, claimed that two of his studies had debunked the social media displacement theory that more people spend on social media the less likely they are to devote time to socializing with people in the real world. I'm trying to push back on the popular conception of how this works. Medical News Today Quoted Hall as saying, "That's not to say overuse of social media is good, but it's not bad in the way people think it is." So that's up to you. I I personally find social media to be good at times when there's nothing else to do or there's no people to around to talk to. I mean, I like to go on to Facebook. I'm a I'm a big Facebook user and Twitter. I like to look at the news stories. Uh, I don't get all my news directly from Facebook or Twitter, but I like to look at the news stories, and I like to look at, you know, what friends are doing, and I connect with a lot of old friends on Facebook. I've, I've connected with people back from grammar school, and that's ages ago. That's back in the dark ages when we were first experimenting with fire. So so uh, I find it helpful, but I also see what, and this disgusts me, really. You go out to a restaurant And you see kids sitting at the table with their parents. And there they are, going a mile a minute on their phones. See, there's a time and a place for everything, I feel, personally. I don't think phones should be at the dinner table. When I grew up, when I was growing up, I should say, if the phone rang, I... And it was one of my friends. I wasn't allowed to talk on the phone. My father generally answered the phone. He said he'll call you back or he'll see you later. And he'd hang up the phone. There was no talk on the phone. There was nothing like that. And I believe that during dinner time, there should be no talking on the phone. There should be no texting on the phone. There should be no watching TV. Dinner time is family time. I know that might sound outdated or old-fashioned to some of you. But you know what? Try it sometime. It's not that bad. Anyhow... I just wanted to bring those out to you. Something to think about. Now, I want to give you something to talk about around the holiday tables. This has been bothering me all week. I think I heard this on Tuesday. And I think this is the most asinine thing I have ever heard in my life. Other than when the, the, the people who are against guns, they want to sue gun manufacturers the, or gun, gun stores. They want to sue the gun stores because people are shooting other people. Asinine. Just asinine. Now, the Attorney General in Florida wants to sue two of the big chain drugstores, CVS and Walgreens, because of the opioid epi- epidemic. Because people have been overdosing in Florida. Let me ask you. Why? Why would you sue the drugstore? You've got to be at it. Why? Because they're big? Because they have money? Why would you take. The responsibility away from the morons that are taking the drugs and try to put it on everybody else. That's the problem that we have in society today. It's everybody else's problem except for the idiot that does it. Jesus Christ. I have never seen such nonsense. People go out and shoot somebody. The first thing you want to do. You don't want to prosecute the the person that shot somebody. No. You want to sue the manufacturer of the gun. You want to sue the guy that sells guns. Legally, legally. You don't want to. You don't want to go after the idiot that's out there shooting people. That would be too much, too too easy. Well, actually, in some cases, it'd be too much trouble. You don't want to go after the mental health problems that are out there. But no, now you want to sue drugstores because they they supplied them. Well, how did they supply them? Somebody came in with a prescription and they filled the prescription. So what's next? Let me ask you. What is next? Are we gonna sue convenience stores because there are a lot of fat people walking around in convenience stores sell ho-hos and ding-dongs and cupcakes and candy. Are we going to sue them too because they have an abundant amount of this stuff in their store? Are you going to sue them because they have a candy counter or they have soda in the refrigerator? How come it is? You know, tobacco is being taxed out of business being taxed out of business because someone says they don't like there is absolutely zero proof that secondhand smoke does anything there's a theory but no concrete proof now don't get me wrong i'm not i'm not advocating that anybody should smoke I'm not. I'm a former smoker. Smoking causes a whole lot of problems for you. And you shouldn't be smoking. But, that said, cigarettes are legal. Tobacco is legal. Why? What gives this government, any government, the right to tax them? Ten times the rate of anybody else just to put them out of business. Why not just make the product illegal? Do you know alcohol kills more people on a daily basis than cigarettes do. How come they're not taxing alcohol out of this world? Why aren't they making that illegal? You want to see what is an overabundant amount of something that's going to kill somebody? Go into any liquor store in the United States. Just look around. Look around a liquor store. Look what's in there. You don't think that's going to go out and kill, they're going to go out and kill somebody with that? Or now, all these, all these, uh, all these, uh, people at Don't like secondhand smoke. They're voting to, they're voting, let's make pot legal. Let's make it legal to smoke pot. They want to stop smoking. Don't smoke tobacco, but go out there and fire up a bone. Go out there, light up a joint. You're out of your minds. What the hell is wrong with people? To sue, (laughs) to sue a drugstore because they filled a prescription is asinine. To sue the doctor because the doctor examine somebody and the best the doctor the doctor's not a miracle worker the doctor's going by what the patient is telling them is wrong with them he's examining them the best he can he's not god And he's prescribing the best that he feels is good, uh, the best medicine that is available for them. And then these idiots go out and they're overdosing and selling them to everybody else. The person that should be prosecuted, the person that's responsible for the opioid epidemic, are these idiots that are are taking the the, uh, the opioids. I say let them take them and let nature do its course. I am so sick and tired of society taking responsibility. Off those who are actually responsible and pushing it on to other people just because they think they have deep pockets. Oh my goodness. Well, there you go. There's something to talk about at the dinner table. <laughs> Great family conversation for for Thanksgiving there. Anyhow, thank you very much for stopping by. Thank you very much for stopping by for the first show of the second season of An Apple a Day. Now If you want to get a hold of me, my name is Jimmy Apple. You can contact me at admin, A-D-M-I-N, at famousapple.com. That's A-D-M-I-N at famousapple.com. I answer all emails. Or just leave me a comment in the comment box right here on the podcast page. So, listen, remember this. Things can always be worse. Think about it. Right now, there's somebody somewhere that's wishing they were in your position. So things can always be worse. Have a great, great holiday. Enjoy yourself. You're not alone, my friends. You're not alone. So I'll be back next week, early part of next week. I hope you'll be here with me. Have a great one. This is Jimmy Apple. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for listening to An Apple A Day with Jimmy Apple your gateway to a happy, healthy life. Join our community at www.famousapple.com. See you next time.